Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is Martin from Head to Head Pinball Podcast. Now, today, you're listening to Ian Rodriguez with the Pinball and Cool Stuff Podcast. Good day, and welcome to the show. Well, hello, well, well, well. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Thank you, Marty. Head to head. Pinball podcast. You are the best. Well, not the best, but a good podcaster nonetheless. It is Tuesday. It is the 24th of September, 2019. You are listening to the Pinball and Cool Stuff podcast. A very unique Tuesday. Uh, for for today's show for a few reasons. The first one is I have no notes prepared for today's show. I left them in my other car and today we are recording live from the Ford F-150 studio here in Menifee, California. Now, no notes doesn't mean no show. I've got a lot of stuff going through my head that I'd like to go one by one first things first with you. So, big news in Riverside in the local pinball world here. We are opening, or excuse me, they are opening the Riverside Game Lab on Saturday, downtown Riverside. I don't know the exact address, but check it out. It's going to be a huge event. Saturday's the big day. They're doing an event, kind of like a pre-event with the Chamber of Commerce on Thursday, this, this Thursday evening, which I may be able to go to. I'm going to try to sneak in. My buddy Chuck sent me a message today about that. So I'm going to see if I can dress nice, smile big, and finagle my way into the Chamber of Commerce event uh, in some way, somehow. Rub some elbows, shake some hands, and uh, pass out some business cards. Who knows, right? But at the very least, I'd like to just get a peek at it if I'm not allowed in. So, really, really, really exciting week. As you know, I was in Maui, just got back uh, two days ago. I got back Sunday, so that would be Monday morning. We returned at 2 in the morning, so uh, Monday was kind of a hangover from traveling day, that was yesterday, Uh, so I didn't go to work, I just kind of mellowed out and helped my wife unpack more stuff, we have just moved of course to Marietta, so we are still unpacking, my house is completely in boxes, but first things first, I got my Wonka set up and I got my Iron Maiden set up in the garage, and they are all but ready to play, I just need to put, put the balls back in and fire them up. So the game garage is coming together. Very, very excited about that. Very, very excited to have somewhat, some semblance of my game life back. But also yesterday I managed to clean the garage out a little more and set up the Xbox console. So I have my little corner growing rapidly. If I can find more time today, I will. But I'm really, really pumped to be back um, under a roof that I can recognize as my own. As much as I love to travel, and I do love to travel, after about a week, I miss my games, I miss my life, I even sometimes miss work a little bit. I just like the people I work with, I like the routine, I like the fitness routine, I like the business routine, I like the pinball routine, and uh, of course, I missed my location. So I went to Lake Alice today after lunch, and I checked out the lineup, and I didn't, um, I forgot, I guess, I forgot one very important thing. It was last weekend, while I was in Hawaii, they did pinball at the lake, which is a an Inland Empire pinball, i.e. pinball event. 
Uh, I believe it's a sanctioned event. Um, in any case, a lot of professionals and amateurs show up. They play pinball at Lake Alice Saloon, which of course is my local haunt. Um, but more, more importantly, they had Jurassic Park there. So I showed up just with the intent to play Jurassic Park for the first time. And lucky me, they kept a bunch of tournament games over there still. So they're not in the lineup normally because there's a limited space there. But during the tournament, they add like, you know, 15 more games. So there were, I think, four extra games on site today. And so I dropped some coins into Jurassic Park. And uh, I've got a few things to say. I think mostly my, my reaction is very positive. But let me go item by item here. Let's go with just the way the game looks. The way the game looks is the art package, when you look at it, is very... It's kind of quiet, I guess, is the best word. It's, it, it doesn't kind of scream at you. It doesn't, it's not bold and outlandish. The back glass, of course, the first thing you look at, it, it's either just dimly lit, I'm not sure, or it just seems very quiet, very um, maybe nondescript. I, I don't mind the art. I think it's well done. It just doesn't pop that the way that the Munsters does or, or Deadpool or even Maiden does. The art package is just different. The, the artist's techniques and colors and palette are all different than those other guys. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a striking thing about the game that I, I really didn't expect. Um, secondly, as far as the appeal or the appearance of the game, is the game is really dimly lit. So you're looking at the play field, trying to kind of gather it for the first time in person, and there's not a lot of lighting. It's a lot like Wonka in that regard. There's, it's very, very dim. So... The colors don't really pop. The game really could use some extra lighting. Um, so I was, you know, just admiring the game, looking over it. Um, it's got so many signature Keith Elwin features on the game that it's just impossible not to know it's a it's a Keith Elwin design. It's really cool. Three flippers, of course. Um, looking at it, you you see that this game has another thousand dollars on the bill of materials than Black Knight, sort of rage. I mean, if I'm wrong on that, I'll be shocked, because you look at it, and on the Pro, there is a ton of stuff. Three up posts in this game, okay, on the Pro. Really cool. It's got the Cactus Canyon up post near the left flipper, which is just absolutely brilliant. Um, of course, I mentioned that prior, but just looking at it actually work in person makes you see where the money is, and I really appreciate what Stern did. Tons of money in that game, fully featured. The T-Rex head is killer. I didn't really um, play with the toy of the T-Rex. I don't know if on the Pro it even interacts too much, but I really like that they put some serious money into it. Um, all right, let's go on. So when you fire the game up, the, the theme song kind of opens up, the John Williams theme song. It's kind of cool. It's always the same scene, which is fine. Um, the animations are pretty top-notch, nice 3D animations. Very interesting, you know what I mean? So here's where I got to the point where I started comparing it to Wonka. And if you remember, I did a ugly double standard episode a month ago or so about how they were being real nice about JP2 and not so nice about Wonka. The reason being that there was no movie integration for Wonka. And, uh, and I said, well, there's no in-movie integration for JP2 either. But when I say it about Jurassic Park, I mean it a little differently. And here's what I mean. Jurassic Park, there is nothing from the movie and I mean nothing. The, the art on the title of, of the Jurassic Park, that lettering is just about it, right? Um, and they mentioned Nedry, which is the, you know, the hacker guy. Um, 
So glaringly absent is anything from the movie. And I don't really mind it because I'm not like a, like, hey, you got to have the integration kind of guy. But I'll tell you this right now. While the game plays fun, plays good, plays hard, and, and is, is a joy to play, no doubt, that lack of any movie element and that lack of an integration, that nakedness about the game draws it back a good point. You know what I mean? It goes from being, let's say it's an 8.0 game to a 7.0 game because Jurassic Park, everybody loves that, that movie. I love the movie. It would have been nice to just see a couple things. If not movie clips, then just some audio or some, some element of the movie. Something. Give us something. Or just don't call it Jurassic Park. So the integration was really, really, really bad. And I just... I, it's not that I don't like the way they made the game necessarily. Everybody's been admiring that the way they created a new sort of dinosaur adventure through the, through the title. I get that, but um, I don't know. I, you've heard other podcasters say you could have just made it Stern's Dinosaurs. Stern's Wacky Dinosaurs or something. You didn't need the Jurassic Park logo. You didn't need the Jurassic Park name. And that's my firm belief. I don't think they even needed the Jurassic Park name. Um, so why pay for the license if you can just make a killer dinosaur game and just go your own way? Because that's exactly what they did. They went their own way. It's about capturing dinosaurs and rescuing people from being eaten by dinosaurs. It's about different levels of danger associated with dinosaurs. So that's a big F, man. A big F on integration. Absolute fail. And don't call it JP if it's not going to be Jurassic Park. Um, but let's move on to more positive things. I, I, I freaking love the shooter lane, all right? You turn the game on, you pull the shooter, the plunger, you fire that bad boy, and what do you get? A 180 ramp within 12 inches of the plunger back into the feed for your right flipper. I think that's killer, great idea. Of course, we know that that 180 ramp, it has another purpose. You can hit the 180 ramp from the left flipper, a very late on the flipper shot, brilliant. Keith Owen, brilliant. I thought the entry for Maiden, the entry point for the, from the shooter lane for Maiden was pretty cool, but it's, it's very conventional. This is not so. Keith, great job. Thank you for that element of the game. Just really cool. You can do a skill shot, which you uh, do the left ramp, right after you plunge, and then followed by a super skill, which is left ramp, then right ramp off the left flipper. Really, really kind of cool. Um, okay, so the game flips well. Um, let me say this about the lights. The lights are dim. Um, the lights, the coating on the lights is interesting. I, I'm not sure I love it. I, I don't mind it, but it's kind of weird. I'll say it because the game goes dark, off, on, off, on quite a bit. Play a few games and tell me what you think, really. But in my opinion, it goes dark a little too frequently and perhaps even for a little too long of a duration. Um, not sure I love that. So I kind of, I don't know, I want to admire the game. I want to see the ball. I want to see everything. And for the game to sort of darken up frequently and for extended durations, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of that. So the lighting uh, is nowhere near as good as Black Knight. Nowhere near as good as Deadpool or Maiden. I don't know how they took a step back on lighting, but... The RGB is there, it's cool, but it's the sequencing and the choreography is... It just doesn't seem like it's finished. I think that they're going to continue working on it. Um, so that's kind of... You know, it's not a downer, but it's definitely not their best effort at lighting. Um, Alright, so the, the ramp shots are really, really cool. The left ramp is perfectly easy, really nice feed. Great feel, goes right into the T-Rex or right under the T-Rex. The right ramp is absolutely brilliant, curves back around itself feeds the upper right flipper freaking amazing i love it keith elwin 
is brilliant. I'll say that again and again, but that is super cool. How to feed your upper right flipper. You either hit the middle spinner, which loops around to the upper right flipper, or you hit the right ramp, which slows the ball down, number one, so you can hit it easier, and also feeds the right flipper to hit the spinner sh or the uh, loop shot or the 180 ramp shot, which is the, I believe, the only way you can hit that ramp in the center left part of the play field. So really, really cool. Um, very, very, very challenging loop. You cannot repeat it unless you're Keith Elwin. But uh, that's, that's all right. I mean, it, it's got a lot of great shots. Um, interesting. I, when I was watching the streams, I saw the left side of the play field and thought, that is really cool. And I even mentioned it in my podcast earlier. Um, come to play the game, and I don't still believe that. I think the left, lower left third of the play field is, is just kind of funny. Um, funny, maybe weird, I don't know, kind of patchy kind of clunky um i'm not sure what else to say but it's just kind of weird okay there's a raptor pen it's got a wide lane that narrows and tapers and then it kind of trickles out to the left also there's a the far left shot which is a stand-up target on one edge and then another edge as well so i think there's two stand-ups there but when you hit it it just feels kind of clunky it doesn't really flow it doesn't really feel good it happens to have like a bumper on it as well so when it feeds back out of the flippers it kind of jumps so it's just kind of like bouncy and pinball-y, and I don't mean to say pinball in a negative sense, but just kind of like randomly moving through that area of the play field. It's not, it's not very satisfying. It's not kinetically sound, in my opinion. It's just kind of a, a thing, it, and it doesn't seem to work terribly well. I know on the premium there's a gate that lowers and raises, just like the Frankenstein gate on Monster Bash um, through the ramp there. Um, I don't know if that's going to change any of that because that Raptor pen will always be the Raptor pen. But play it for yourself. You'll see what I mean. The left lower third is just kind of bizarre. Kind of bizarre. All right, and I'll contrast that with Maiden. Lower left part of the playfield has the pop bumpers, the left spinner, and the left ramp shot, okay? The left spinner flings right through, hits the spinner, feels great, hits the pops, kind of comes back to you, whatever. It's fast, it's aggressive, it's interesting. The ramp shot is absolutely brilliant. One of the most satisfying shots in pinball, Iron Maiden left ramp shot. Especially if you've got the tomb entrance open on your Premier Morelli. Okay, completely different feeling from JP2. Um, just totally different. Go watch the videos or go play it. You'll see what I mean. It's kind of a hiccupy spot in the game. So, that's kind of a bummer. The remainder of the playfield is fantastic. The spinner's great. The shot through the pops to hit the smart missile target from the left flipper is brilliant. The spinning car toy is awesome with the two captive balls operating to change directions in the game. And to just even hit it is fun. It's kind of cool to see the Jeep turn and then the ball wiggle and, and, and swerve around and around. And um, the upper right loop is great. The far right 180 ramp is really, really hard shot to hit, but very satisfying. Um, so the gameplay is good, but it is um, after five or six games I played, I know this ain't no maiden, guys. This ain't no maiden. So Jurassic Park, while it is, it plays well, plays uh, nothing like maiden. Although I'll say this, they are very hard to play both of them, they are very difficult games, um, and they are very satisfying when you hit the shots. And I bet you after 100 games or so I get really decent at the game, but it's just not as good as maiden. Now, here's another reason why. Jurassic Park, the music is pretty cool, it kind of keeps you involved, it's engaging. Um, but I love Iron Maiden, I'm so biased, I love the music, man. I could listen to Iron Maiden all day and all night. I love the game, love that game, love the music. 
So Jurassic Park, let's talk about the sounds. The sound package is very weak compared to Iron Maiden. So I'm not saying it's terrible in itself, I just think it's inferior in many ways to Iron Maiden. Uh, it doesn't really, I don't know, the callouts kind of tell you what to do a little bit, but the callouts just seem a little overacted. I've heard that said before and I tend to agree with that. Um, there's not a lot of impact sounds. The spinner's kind of old school. The pops don't necessarily have too much of a sound. There's just not a lot of really distinctive sounds that you can be like, oh, I love that sound. I love the whoosh I get, that feeling, that clap, or that, that, that ricochet sound. Maiden, on the other hand, has multiple aspects of the play field that hit, and you just love the sound. The spinner is like a machine gun. The pop bumpers are killer, especially when you're doing super pops. The death blow sound is like a, a really swirling whoosh. The loop has an incredible roar. All of these great sounds, plus the call-outs by that voice actor and that female voice are fantastic. Beats the heck out of JP2, and that's just the truth, all right? Go check it out for yourself. All right, so art, lighting, playfield, sound. What am I missing? I don't know what I'm missing. That's my first impressions, everybody. Um, I respect the effort. I talked to Jim Belsito about it. He was there at his location. He was counting his his quarters from his games there doing business and I shook his hand and asked him what he thought about JP2 and he said he liked it a lot great for a second effort I asked him if he thought it was more difficult than Iron Maiden which I, I believe it's more difficult than Maiden and he of course as the professional one of the top players in the world said I think they're about the same so take it from the expert Jim Belsito himself um, him and I had a great talk we also I also met for the first time a guy named Daniel who works for Project Pinball it's a charity that puts pinball machines in hospitals for children and families who are suffering and and have trouble there I, I really love talking with him he's just a really neat guy he was very enthusiastic about his charity so go check them out projectpinball.org I believe they're a fantastic organization they work with the Museum of Pinball as well you'll see them at our events doing sponsor or um, excuse me fundraising for their for their charity and you know mostly it's games where you pay more money to play and that's cool it's a fundraiser it's great so we had a really nice talk we were all enthusiastic and uh, had a really good time talking pinball so what else about Lake Alice let me move on Jurassic Park it is what it is oh one last thing the washers that they put on the star posts to correct whatever pooling or whatever's happening on there are hideous Stern what are you doing you're putting these galvanized washers on this beautiful play field with all this beautiful plastic and artwork, you know, this beautiful play field, fully populated. You've got this galvanized steel sitting on the top of the play field. It's hideous. Ah, I can't believe it. It just looked like it was a kind of a hack, like a hack mod, like redneck. All right, let me, let me stop being negative. Moving on to positive stuff. The lineup today was killer. Sopranos is there. Radicals still there. Skateball is still there. Rescue 911 is there at Lake Alice. I hope for a very long time. I don't have any idea. Black Knight is still there. Monster Bash is gone. What did they put in its place? Baywatch, baby. Freaking Baywatch. Well, it's not the first time I played it, of course, but the first time I've really had a chance to listen to it and focus on the game. So I dropped a bunch of quarters in there. Jim hooked me up with a couple of games, but I must have played eight games of Baywatch today. And let me say this, it's the best Balser game. I've said it before, best Balser game. Absolutely, incredibly creative, innovative for its time, and even now if it was made, it'd be innovative. Because it's just so chock full of features, guys. Wireforms running this way and that, upside, downside, 
Top third, bottom third, crisscrossing. It's beautiful. The shooter, there is no shooter lane on Baywatch, everybody. Go check it out. It's a shooter launch, elevated launch ramp that takes the ball across and over the playfield from right to left and lets it rest right above the pops for your skill shot. Baywatch is a one of a kind, all right? If you have a Baywatch for sale, please email me. I need to buy one. I need to buy one. The only Sega I will probably ever own again will be that game. I promise you, I will own a Baywatch before the next two years are up, as long as I can just save some cash. So it's on my radar. I I was just such, it was such a thrill to play it. You know what I felt about Baywatch, which you may relate with? Baywatch felt like a new game. It shot, it shot brilliantly. It shoots powerfully and everything else. It looked clean. Jim's got a great Baywatch. I'm so jealous. But it just felt so jam-packed full of features and neat things and cool things about it. The side ramp, the loop, the double ramp, the VUK, um, the, the left scoop in the middle of the playfield, the shark fin flipper, four flipper game. All of this incredible, all of these incredible ideas packed into one, I think it's a 1996 game. So, plus the art is beautiful. So well done. Just a really enjoyable game. My, it was the most unforgettable Baywatch game I've played. And I played it in N-Disc and I got my butt kicked. But listen to me on this. I put my name on the board. Somehow, I don't know what score rank I was, but I did get to enter my initials on Baywatch today. So I'm really, I'm really just overjoyed today, bubbling over with pinball enthusiasm. And probably one of the main reasons for that is, number one, the Lake Alice lineup is now humongous and totally different. And they've got Baywatch and Rescue 911 on site. Also, I got to chat with Jim and Daniel today about pinball, which was a thrill. And finally, probably most importantly, I am back in town where I know where to find pinball and I can play it. So joy to the world, everybody. I really, really, really can't wait um, for, for what's to come this week and next. We've got a tech day this weekend. I'm not sure if I can make it. But of course, Pinball Madness is right around the corner. Go check it out, pinballmadness.com. Buy your tickets. It's going to be a classic costume party. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Pinball and Cool Stuff podcast. Get out there, play some pinball, go home, hug your children, hug your wife, have a great night.